You're listening to Season 2, Episode 8 of the Foreign Culture Podcast, where we talk relationship, religion, and everything else in between. I'm your host, David Fekier, and tonight's topic is the honeymoon phase. All right, so again, tonight we're talking about the honeymoon phase. And uh, tonight I'm joined by newlyweds, Georgine and Godson Odij. Guys, say, hey, say what's up to the people. Hey, everybody. I'm glad to be on. Hello, hello. It's your boy, Gotti McHotty. <laughs> okay. All right. So, <laughs> so, um, so again, the topic is, um, you know, honeymoon phase. And I uh, just wanted to talk to you guys since you, you've recently been married. Right, got married back in October, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Awesome. Um, so, Georgine, how um, how is the honeymoon phase, or like what what would you call the honeymoon phase for you guys? Um, for us, I feel like it, there were two different phases of the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. There was the honeymoon phase while we were talking, and then the honeymoon phase while we were while we entered into the beginning of marriage. Um, so for the honeymoon phase while talking, I feel like that's when everything is, is sweet, everything is rose-colored. You see everything through rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. but through any type of adversity, any type of trouble, those rose-colored glasses can be knocked off. But with the honeymoon phase of marriage, I feel like it's something that's much more, much deeper, much more fulfilling. Um, and the, a big bulk of that is a feeling of security just knowing that person is there for you they're there for just for the relationship to grow and I, feel, I believe that can be maintained depending on how we treat each other so that's what the honeymoon phase is to me okay you want to add anything to it Gata? I think she she described it beautifully um you know I I see it like that too. Um, I think an example that she gave me was um, cotton candy is Mm -hmm. what you have in the dating aspect of the honeymoon phase. It's sweet um, and it's good, but it's temporary. It dissolves quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no substance to it. And so you have to be able to transition from that cotton candy phase of the honeymoon phase when you're dating to something that's more sustainable um, that you find uh, in a marriage, but you cultivate it before you get to the marriage. Um, it has to be beyond the, the surface level. So yeah, I can say that much to support what she said. Okay. And I can speak to that too. You know, how do you develop um, something more sustainable, right? Like that transition. I guess I'll go. Um, since <laughs> Georgine went first last time mm-hmm. um, so you know because I am also a master electrician as some people have noted in previous <laughs> podcasts <laughs> I um, you know when you have a light there are negative and positive terminals um, that's what creates a light so you know 
biblically, symbolically, however you want to put it, light is usually what brings about a revelation or a knowledge or an understanding. So that transition, I personally think, um, in order to leave the cotton candy kind of honeymoon phase where everything's just sweet, but it's not long lasting, it's to get something that's deeper, is to really understand what you're signing up for to begin with. Because if you're ill-prepared and you're ill-equipped, it's kind of, actually I've given this example to different people before. Um, It's kind of like trying to climb the tallest mountain in the world and then you're not ready, you slap yourself on the middle of a ridge in the middle of that tallest mountain in the world and you have no training and you have no equipment. You're not gonna survive. Um, in order to get to a sustainable place, you have to understand the task at hand and then prepare yourself. Um, and the way that I see it, and the way that I've explained it recently, um, very recently, <laughs> is that the honeymoon phase is something that one shouldn't just be temporary, but you should expect to carry it forward throughout the entirety of the marriage. And two, um, it has two sides to it, a honey side and a moon side. The honey side to me is when things are going good, things are going great, things are going the way that you expected, the way that you planned it. And the moon side is when you're dealing with the darker side of things and adversity. Um, And I always like to make the distinction that I'm not talking about someone in the marriage that is intentionally um, abusing the other person emotionally, mentally, physically, like causing trouble, but then trying to fall back and say like, well, yeah, you know, we have to go through things. No, I'm talking about growing pains, trying to learn one another and understanding each other's differences and the backgrounds that we have that have shaped our lives, different circumstances. And then on top of that, external factors that we can't control that can play a role in a pressure or tension that takes place in the marriage. Different trials and tribulations that you're gonna have to go through in a marriage. Um, I think that balance has to exist. Um, You have to deal with adversity. There has to be a moon side to things, things that seem darker. because that's only going to actually really make you appreciate the light so much more um, when you can understand the other side of things. And so I believe when you know that um, and you prepare yourself to face that, you get to a point where you make a decision of whether or not it's worth sticking it out with that person. Because that's all it is. Every marriage that you're in, any relationship that you're in, the person's not gonna be perfect, you're not gonna be perfect. You're two imperfect people, but you just have to have a perfect willingness to go forward together. You don't have to be perfect for each other in the sense of you find no wrong in one another, but you just have to perfectly desire growing together. And a lot of people miss that. They think like, all right, everything's supposed to be great, and if all of the dots are not crossed and all um, on all the dots, all the dots are not, um, all the I's are not dotted and all the T's are not crossed, then this isn't gonna work. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's not how that works. So you have to be willing to accept that there are gonna be things that 
don't exactly go the way you want it to, but that person is the only person that you're willing to deal with that with because you've developed a true desire to be with them until the end. Um, so I think that understanding is what's going to help you develop that. That's that's me. No, I, I agree. Um, and, you know, I think, um, you know, friendship plays a big role in that too, right? Because a lot of couples, as I'm sure you guys know, like a lot of couples, they're, they're not usually starting off as friends. They start off pretty romant- romantically. Um, but I mean, I guess, I guess speak to that. Like, Georgie, what, what do you think? Like, how essential is friendship um, to the honeymoon phase and relationship in general? Um, so friendship was definitely something that was foundational for us. Without that, I feel like the relationship would be too too much based on emotions, too much based off of what our what we feel our needs are in the moment and just going off of that. But with a friendship, it's it allows you to to consider the person more. Consider the person with what their needs are, what their wants are, instead of always me, 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 what am I feeling? How are you making me feel? And are you are you being romantic enough with me? Like it's it's more centered around how you feel when it's not when the, a friendship is not the basis of it. And um, Gatun was saying earlier, we have a we have a lot of differences because of course we were we we have different parents, we have different personalities, we grew up with different friends that influence us, and because of that, it's inevitable that there are going to be different pressures, there's going to be different tension different challenges that come along our way. So at the end of the day, the question is, what are you going to do in those moments? What are you going to do during those times when it gets hard? Um, And like I said before, the honeymoon phase can be maintained or cut short, depending on how you respond to those different situations. Um, But I feel like it's important to not put a pressure to want to be perfect immediately because mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the day, we're two imperfect people coming together. So it's important to instead put a put an emphasis and importance on having a constant change, a constant change towards being better in the relationship, towards being a better person individually. Because it's when when we focus on that, even when we make mistakes here and there, our our partner can be more forgiving, can have more mercy, because they see that. As, as a whole, the relationship is moving in a positive direction. They can see that the, the relationship has a lot of value because at the end of the day, even if it's not 100% perfect, I can see where it's headed. I can see that it's going somewhere that's good. It's going somewhere that's gonna be fruitful. It's gonna be beneficial. So I think I, I said too much on that. <laughs> oh no, you're going <laughs> off. Girl, go off. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, you like my mind started opening. I was like, "Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense." A lot of sense. <laughs> see, yeah. This is why I used to call her Doctor G. That was one of my nicknames for her when we were courting. Was Doctor mm-hmm. G? This girl has her PhD in uh, all things love and relationships. <laughs> That's why you yeah. married. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's um, right. I can, now, you know. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I mean, you know, to piggyback on what you're saying. Um, for the friendship part, it's key. Um, a lot of these boys and girls and what have you, 
whatever they are called nowadays. And this guy. Oh. <laughs> and what? <laughs> a lot of dims and days and theirs. No, mm-hmm. uh, they have no friendship, and these marriages are not prospering because they they're they're terrible friends. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know how to be a friend to anybody um, in the real sense. They don't understand patience. They don't understand loyalty. They don't have a goal for their friendship. Actually, a lot mm-hmm. of people have baseless friendships. It's just like they're just friends with a person because well, a circumstance. The wind blew them in the direction. So okay, here we are. Mm-hmm. But there's no foundation to it, and that's why they're never stable in their friendships. One day, this person's their bestie. The next day, that person is their enemy. They're not going to their baby shower. They're not going to their wedding shower. They're not going to their wedding. <laughs> and it's because the person can't understand basic principles because the things that we're talking about, they're not just for marriage, but they're for life. I agree. Um, and when you don't have those disciplines in life, as a person, we don't have that kind of character and you get into a marriage, you're going to make somebody else suffer. Um, and I'm not saying that from the position as if I'm perfect or Georgine is perfect. Of course not. But we're saying from the position of you have to have a goal of where you want to get with a person and you have to have put in the work to get there. And something that's key that Georgine said that I think is really important when you see the other person's really putting in that work for you to get you guys somewhere, there are other things that just become minor. Think about it like this. It's like, all right, I have this job and yeah, I got to wake up super early for it. All my other friends get to work from home now because of COVID and I'm still waking up early in the morning to go to this job. It's an hour drive away um, and it's five days a week. My friends are laughing at me because they're working from home, but they're making $70,000 less than me a year. Um, I think those little inconveniences are worth the 70,000 extra dollars a year. <laughs> I think so, because what you're getting out of it or what you know you're gonna get out of it is greater than the price that you're paying, greater than the little things that you have to deal with. And if you look at it like that, you'll always have a reason to fight for the marriage and to sustain that honeymoon phase. Because it shouldn't just be, you know, because some people say like, you know, when you have kids, that's when it's different, blah, 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 blah. And I I don't have kids yet, but people said the same thing before we got married. They're like, well, you guys are not living together yet. All the love is there on the phone. But once you live together, you'll see it's different. Well, in 10 days, we'll have been together for nine months. And uh, the only difference I see is that you just have to decide to put in the work more and more each day. That's it. As long as you have that commitment to put in the work, you will prosper. You will succeed. This generation that just accepts defeat and failure, I don't don't believe in that. That accepts that all relationships are going to end up bitter and sad and miserable mm-hmm. it doesn't have to no that honey can be sustained that land of milk and honey that's supposed to be flowing can flow into your marriage it can flow into your relationship it can flow into your home that power and that authority it rests in you i mentioned this verse earlier apostle james talks about your tongue being able to set forth the fires of hell you have the power and ability as a creator 
as a trait that you get from God because we come from God, we are his children, we possess similar traits. The same way he created heaven and earth, so can you. But that power rests in your hands and it rests in your mouth. A lot of men make this mistake a lot of times. As the men who are supposed to be the quote unquote stronger vessel, they don't realize that they have to create the heaven that they want to see in the house. A lot of men complain about my wife's this, my wife's that. You're the creator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's something wrong, you could fix it. And exactly. honestly, even for, even for the women, right? So if it's on the woman's part, I'm not a woman, so I'm not going to say what they should and shouldn't do. I can tell you what a man should do. Um, but on the woman's part, there's something that you can decide to do irrespective of what your husband's doing to leave a little bit of honey in the mix. Even if your husband's salty or even if your wife is salty, vice versa, whatever. You can put a little bit of honey in the mix and it doesn't have to be as bad as they say it is. But that's up to you. And it's just a lack of a disposition to do that that causes that to not take place from what I see. No, I agree. I agree. Um, and I, I mean, not to backtrack too much, but you, you did make mention of like friendships having goals, right? Like the goal of the friendship. Um, what do you mean by that? So for me, um, when you develop a friendship, there should be a purpose. Now, not to be mistaken for me saying you're using the person, no. Mm-hmm. But you should be able to decide okay, this person, because, well, we use the term friend very loosely, and that's the issue. Um, We tend to use the term friend synonymously with what an associate should be. And so I'm not talking about associates, but I'm talking about friends, like people that are in a certain sphere of your life that have been deemed as set apart, that have been deemed as loyal, that have been deemed as trustworthy. Those kind of people you want to have goals with them. The foundation of it could be spiritual. You could decide like, all right, this is going to be the person that helps me get closer to God and vice versa. I'm going to try to help them. We're going to study together. We're going to pray together. This is going to be my prayer warrior, whatever you want to call it. You could have a friend that is going to be your financial guy. This is going to be the person that gets me into the 4x where are we at boy <laughs> oh how the times have changed but uh, this is going to be the person that gets me into bitcoin or into trading into mm-hmm. real estate like this is going to be the person that helps me with those stock options or this is going to be the person that helps me with my fitness goals i want to mm-hmm. gain 20 pounds of muscle i want to lose 40 pounds of fat. This is going to be the person that I train with. If someone is worthy to be called your friend, there is a role that they should be playing in your life in some way, shape, or form if they're really your friend. They're not there just to be there. They're there to help build you, and you're there to help build them. Now, to that, to that, Georgine, you, you did say, you know, it was extremely foundational for you guys. So, um, do you think that there's a... Um, I guess a certain type of friend that you guys need to be for each other? Um, for me, I think it's as long as we're supportive of each other, mm-hmm. we're 
we treat each other the right way. I mean, to me, that's everything. <laughs> right. If you if you treat me the right way, if you if you have respect for me, if you care for me, if you if you're able to put yourself aside in situations to to prioritize the the health of the relationship, mm-hmm. then that's everything. And that's something that I always try to to keep in mind is to put my feelings aside in spite of how I'm feeling to do things that I know will make will make Dotson happy to do things that I know will will put a smile on his face even if he's not doing everything 100% correct I'm not gonna withhold what I know makes him happy what I know makes him satisfies him because of you know because of how I'm feeling because at the end of the day we reap what we sow and that was something that I brought up earlier. <laughs> How um, our pastor was talking about um, reaping what you sow in the context of marriage. Mm-hmm. And how there are a lot of people that when they get into into disagreements or someone one person, person is upset, the other person wants everything to work out right within the marriage, wants things to go in, the, in a good direction, but they fool themselves by planting a bad seed. So when I say a bad seed, I'm talking about raising their voice, shouting, saying, saying hurtful things. And even though is their desire for the relationship to go well, is their desire to still continue to love that person because of that bad seed, inevitably there's going to be bad fruit that comes from that. So it's only when we give a, a, an opposite response. It's only when we give, we give a, a more caring, loving, considerate response we, we lower, instead of raising our voice too to respond, we lower our voice. We give a, a soft answer or we just redirect the conversation into something more positive. Then it's going to lead to long-term benefits. Even though it, it, it burns for you to not, to not respond the way you feel like responding, to not say that thing that's on your mind that you know would really get them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the petty side. That's the <laughs> it's like, is it is it worth it for me to do that, to say that in the moment? Is it worth it for me to shut myself off and to to um, keep them out of, um, in, a, in a way like block them from me? Is that gonna benefit the, the long-term of the relationship? Because everything that the relationship is, is everything that I do with each and every moment, every single decision I make. Come on, go off, girl. If he wasn't married to you, he'd marry you right now. (laughs) What? Oh my goodness. What? Okay. (laughs) Sizzy. You see, this is why this is Dr. G right here. Dr. G. (laughs) In the cut, boy. You know, and and I appreciate that. I appreciate, um, you know, that the the focus for you guys is the relationship. Because a lot of people, they just look at relationships as, you know, what have you done for me lately? Like you said, right, it's a me, me, me type thing. Um, but it's, it's all about the relationship. Like, what can I contribute, you know, to this forever? Because um, people get nearsighted once they, you know, come against, once they come through hardships, once they experience... The pressures, right? The outside pressures, be it your your community, your friends, your family, social media, society, all of that. 
Um, but just remembering that, hey, this is what's going to move the relationship forward. Um, so that's, that's big, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, that was that that's key. Um, your disposition towards the person, even when things are not favorable, that can make or break the marriage and that can make or break the sustainability of the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. Like to, to know, because again, and I've told recent people that are going to get married this, that you get to a point when you're married that you have the most access to that person for better or worse. Um, you see all sides of that person for better or worse. And that person actually opens up your eyes to who you are for better or worse. Um, you learn just how happy certain things can make you. But you also learn just how frustrated certain things can get you. You learn just how excited some things can get you. But you also learn just how sad other things can make you. And there's just this intensity of emotions that are built up that have been getting cultivated, if you think about it, since you were a child, by things that your parents did or didn't do, by things that your teachers said or didn't say, by jobs that rejected you, by people that betrayed you. All of that is packaged up and built inside of you. And here you are with all of that, and you're about to go live with another package or bottle that's full. What do you think is going to happen when you guys have the ability to open each other up at any time that you want? There are things that are going to come out. And if you don't have enough wisdom and enough patience and enough love, you can misuse what's coming out of the person and hurt them with it. The person can be vulnerable and opening up to you and you take that time to get back at them to say something that's petty or hurtful. And it's all fun and games until you say something that you can't take back. Yeah. And then when you go another 10, 15 years wondering why did the honey stop? When did the honey stop? It was from that one thing that you said that was just a little too painful that just triggered a memory that was a little too hard. So you have to be very careful when you're talking about sustaining the honey. It's about how you treat the person. And it's about how you care for the person. And honestly, it requires a lot of self-restraint. And again, this goes back to friendship. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that principle with your friends, if you can say or do whatever to them, uh, trust me, you're not going to magically have that discipline with your spouse. No, you'll probably be very close to inclined to say or do whatever to them. But there's a level of honor that you have to have. Mm-hmm. And that's a value that's being lost amongst us and that's not being taught amongst us to know that there are some things I shouldn't say. Yeah. There are some things I shouldn't do, even if I feel like it, but it's not going to be good in the end. When you can understand that as a friend, because I always say this, I think the marriage should always be able to fall back on the friendship. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with a situation where the romance isn't what's going to solve it in that minute, or the money's not what's gonna solve it in that minute, or whatever kind of car you drive is not what's gonna solve it in that minute. But just whether or not the two of you can sit down and talk things out and really have each other's best interests in mind, like true and genuine friends. If you can fall back to a place like that, it doesn't matter if you're 
on the side of the moon, even in that moon, you can dig and find honey. That's something that people don't think about, but that's something that is true. So that's what I can say to back up what she said. (laughs) (laughs) And let me, let me ask you guys this, this one last question. Um, Cause in the honeymoon phase, right? Most people are, are carefree, right? They're on that high. Um, they've recently been celebrated. So right now they're just looking to spend every waking moment with one another. Now, nine months, you said what? In a, when a couple, a couple of weeks, couple of days? 10 days. 10 days, right? 10 days. What have you guys learned about each other while being in the honeymoon phase? Okay, so (laughs) what I've learned is that gotten into one that I have to be patient with, that I have to be able to to hear him out, to let him express himself and be able to respond in a way that shows him that I support him. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that's like whatever whatever I learn about him whatever I learn is something that is important with maintaining a, a healthy relationship with him that's something I try to prioritize make sure this is something that I, I keep in mind every day moving forward because it's when you when you realize those those key things about your partner it's in those it's in it's within those things that you you figure out that can also destroy the relationship if you don't address it correctly, if you don't address it the right way. And I feel like a lot of people <laughs> listening to all this, they might feel like there's a pressure to be 100% perfect, to do everything 100% the right way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the key thing is to is to ensure that you're making a, a constant change, a constant effort to change for the good to change for the betterment of the of the marriage of the relationship um rather than i need to be perfect right now to make this thing work because if your mindset is this i have to be perfect now then you're not going to be strong enough to try to even do it because it's like that's that's too big of a feat to try to be perfect immediately but it's, it's brick by brick as we're working towards being better as we're working towards um being better towards one another figuring out each other and then learning how we can how we can better benefit our partner um and I feel like it's when our our partner realizes and sees that you're changing for the better that you're growing in a good direction even if you make little mistakes here and there it's easy to to overlook those things because you know you have something of value in your hands you have something that's gonna move forward in a good direction so you don't have to worry it, 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 it removes a, a, an aspect of worry that, that a lot of relationships might have. So, yeah. Awesome. What about you, Gatson? Well, for me, I can say um, one thing that I've definitely learned about Georgina, I can say also learned from her um, because you don't want to just learn about the person, but you want to learn from them because mm-hmm. um, you can learn about them where it's brought to your attention and you realize, okay, this is something they need or this is something um, that they deal with or what have you. But it's another thing to learn from it and actually take what they're saying and grow with it as a trait 
because again, um, what you learn in terms of how to deal with them doesn't just benefit your relationship with them, it benefits you as a person and your relationship with others. Um, and it can even really help you with your relationship with God, but that's probably for another episode. But yeah. <laughs> for this, I could say, you know, I learned or I am still learning the importance of valuing her based on what she sees as value and not what I see as value. Yeah, that's um, been, yeah. yeah and that's, that's hard, right? Because they don't teach you that. Um, that's something that you have to develop and it takes being able to listen to the person and sometimes what you're hearing you might not like it because it goes against your personality but you have to be able to lay your personality to the side um, in order to benefit the relationship as a whole and to pour into that person and so there was a time I was at an event or Georgina and I definitely said something that really bothered her and more than bothered her you know upset her um and i had two choices in my hand i could have just played it off like all right it's whatever and then enjoyed the event and had all the fun and been with everybody and doing everything or i could have stepped to the side with her missed out on a good portion of the event but to make sure that we're good because what was in my mind at the time is all that fun and stuff is cool but i'm not going back home with fun i'm going back home with my wife and if I didn't understand how to make that distinction and value her enough in that moment to show her, like, look, let's talk it out. This is where I was wrong. And even though it's almost impossible for me to be wrong, but this is one of the rare cases in which I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, you know, so, you know, I had to do that. And um, that's not always easy because you have to swallow your pride. Right. And you also have to put aside what you had in mind and what you wanted to do, because you might feel like, all right, this shouldn't be that serious. But that's to you. How are, you can't dictate what's that serious to the person. Everybody's built differently. Mm -hmm. um, everybody is has has gone through different things and is structured differently. I have to learn to not just look at value through my lens. And to say like, oh, well, this bottle of perfume is only worth $50. No, if it's worth $500 to her, then I can't tell her that it's not. And I'm using that symbolically to say, there are things that we tend to minimize um, in our spouse or in our friend's life and say like, oh, okay, well, you're just in your feelings. It's not that deep. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is that deep. It's that deep to them. Exactly. And if I can't take the time to step back and accept that and work on it, Am I really their friend? Am I really their their lover? Am I really their their support system? Um, and that it humbles you to have to go through that process, and it changes you too. Um, and that's some of the aspects of marriage that a lot of young people are not ready for is to be changed. We're more than willing and accepting for the other person to cater to us and to change and whatever. But when we have to be the ones to bend and to twist and to fold our will, we can't do that. But it's it's in that bending and twisting and folding that you can squeeze out the honey from the honeycomb. And that's how you sustain the honey in the honeymoon phase. Because it's more than a phase. Truthfully, it's a life. 
Mm-hmm. And if when we understand that, um, I think we'd be much better off for it as people. You know, and and I'll end it here. There's a there's something interesting that I heard this week, um, and it was like peace. It comes from understanding rather than being understood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, because if if you go out of your way to understand where someone else is coming from, then number one, you better react, right? Like, you're able to to react better to whatever it is they're feeling. Um, but again, it's really important on understanding each other's psyche, right? Like, why why is she saying it this way, or why is she reacting to what I said this way? Like you said, you know, you had two things in your hand. It's like, it's either I go back to fun or I try to understand what upset her, why it upset her, and how we can, you know, get past this. Because um, at the end of it, like you said, you're going home to to your wife, you know, you're going home to your husband. Um, and that's something that a lot of couples don't don't realize. You know, like, if you're... I know, like, for, for me, for example, like, I come from a big household. Right. And so in a big household, you'll get different things from different people. You'll probably get the discipline from your father, love from your mother. You'll get, you know, um, the confidentiality from your siblings or what have you. But when you're married, it's just that one person. And that person is, you know, there to deal with everything, every side of you. Right. That's that vulnerability, that that transparency. Um, and it can be overwhelming, right? Which is why it's like, it's really important for you to understand where they're coming from. Um, and which is why courting is the backbone of the honeymoon phase too, or the honeymoon lifestyle. You know, uh, I'll see if I can edit that. Honeymoon <laughs> lifestyle, <laughs> you know, but that, that is the backbone because in that, in that phase uh, or in that time when, you, when you're courting, these are the questions like, it's all about, okay, let me understand you best. Is this what you mean when you say this? You know, um, is this what you mean, you know, when you don't say anything at all? Because uh, at the end of the day, like, if you can understand your wife, like, things are going to be easy. You understand your husband? Things are going to be easy, or at least easier than if you didn't. You know, and, uh, and, and let, me, let me say this, to, to not to really stretch this out, because, I mean, this is something that can take several episodes. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just wild, bro. So, I mean, boys really will, like, play basketball for five hours, but they won't do a one-hour date night with their wife. Are you good? Oh, man, what's their name? What's their name? Like, like are you okay? <laughs> it's oh, like you got boy. a name. <laughs> no, boys just, bro, they, they, they just do things that just doesn't make sense. And it's like, and I wish it was a person, bro. It's mm-hmm. a lot of people. It's a lot of people, yeah. I mean, like the basketball that. is interchangeable. Sometimes it's 2K. Sometimes yeah. it's going to the bar. You know what I mean? Boys, are, boys out here playing PlayStation. Bro, play with your wife. Like, are you good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, yeah. I agree, man. Well, you know. Anyways. <laughs> Play with your wife. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the tune in next week. <laughs> we talk about the benefits of playing with your wife. Yes. Oh, man. I cannot. Um, but, guys, thank you so much um, for for hopping on. Um, I honestly believe, like, you've, you've helped both people that are going to get married 
um, people that, you know, are already married, you know, because some people might think their their spark is gone, right? That they can never get get the phase back, you know, get um you know, the Yeah. But like based oh, off what you got back. Said, you can bring it back and you can sustain it. That's right. That's right. So before we close out, any uh any shout outs? Shout out to my mom. Shout out to who? My mama. Your mom? Oh, okay. Shout out to Englati, your mom. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Christopher Santo and Kanisha Laguerre. They're getting married in uh, less than two weeks. So I want to say special shout out to them. May that honey be all over them. (laughs) (laughs) Take it how you can take it. And then uh, shout out to to Caleb and Jessica Georges. They just had a daughter not too long ago, mm-hmm. Ariel Georges. Um, while dad is a part of the honey, you know, bringing kids into the to the mix. May their, uh, their marriage be fruitful evermore. And yeah. All right, awesome. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Thank you so much. All right, Thank bro. You. Yes, sir. Thanks for tuning in to tonight's episode of the Foreign Culture Podcast. If you found tonight's episode interesting, helpful, or edifying, feel free to share it with friends and family. And if there are any topics you'd like for me to discuss on future episodes, email me at foreignculture1017 at gmail.com.